The Sportszilla Show from 2 to 4. Uh, please refer to my opening statement. It's the Sportszilla Show. Major bag alert. Major bag alert. Major bag alert. This is the Sportszilla Show. Too slow, too slow. Pick it up. With Rain. Use the backboard, please. And Matt. There was six or seven balls he couldn't get his, in his hands, and he can gradually grab those. But The glue guy. One thing he does is he gets his hands in there and he grabs Grabbed the ball better. He was bobbling a lot. He grabbed it better tonight. Trying to do too much. I need a reporter to figure that out who's never played basketball and is five foot two. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. So that goes for all of us. The Sportszilla Show starts now with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio. Well, we've done the same thing that you've done for what would normally be the first half an hour of the sports. Sportzilla Show, we listened to the John Wildhack press conference. Uh, we took some notes as it's Matt Page, the glue guy. Uh, you waved to the Twitch cameras at Q Sports Talk. You might have seen it Hello. and witnessed it right there. What was that wave? I don't know. Over I'm... here, we got Spencer Davidson, WKTV, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and eventually full-time in studio with us. My name is Rain. I'll wave to you as well. Uh, we've been monitoring the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk, and it's... It's appearing to me that we have to talk about the John Wildhack press conference, right? I would say so. Here's my biggest takeaway, okay? And I have notes. I took notes on every question that was asked and the opening statement. Uh, but for those that were expecting some, whoa, oh my God, groundbreaking, newsworthy answer, he was not going to do that. No. He, that's not his style anyway. No, that's not his style. He wasn't going to say anything earth-shattering. He was going to answer your questions and... Be gen- general and guarded about it. How about that? Is that a fair statement? It is a fair statement. And, and you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. He he answers the questions. He provides good insight. I don't think there's necessarily a need for him to be earth-shattering every time he speaks. So we're going to talk to Michael Lear, the professor, the chef. He'll have a few sports picks for us in just a little while. He's dealing... He is a Utica Comets broadcaster and an SU alum and appears uh, the arch nemesis of Tommy Hogan. Uh, we're making it work with him. He's in the midst of a meeting right now, so he'll join us at some point today. In a meeting, can't talk. Right. Brent, uh, Brendan Burke, the voice of the New York Islanders and the PLL for lacrosse fans, will join us around 3 o'clock. Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz at about 3.15. And then we'll just figure it out from there, okay? With a late start time, we got to move some things around. Now, that being said, hold on. Yes. I just want to point out that you just you, you said Lear versus Hogan, right? You, you, you love to make those rivalries. And I, so, you know, with, with him and Hogan, with me and Phil Levanco. You call me out? It, he started glue guys. Phil, no, you're blaming me for something that he started. Oh, I'm sorry. You, hold on. I'm going to turn. You love to start stuff. Put it back over that way. You love him. to start. And, and, and let me tell you something. You love to put me up against Phil Ivanka. You call us arch arch enemies, arch nemesis, yeah, me? arch nemeses, if you will. Yeah, I I gotta say, Phil, I'm in studio with them. I win. Ooh, I win. Shots fired. I ca- I've named these things the kerfuffle sports beef. We have the Sports Hill Open Golf Tournament to talk about. Sean Coffey, head coach, of Utah College Men's Team. Um, he instigates with him and starts crap with him all the time. That's fair. Some uh. Important subjects, though, is I'll get us back on track here on Sorry. ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show <laughs> and Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. So, listen, uh, Petra Mala, the news, it's out there. He's the D.C. for men's lacrosse. Uh, of course, that was all addressed with Wild Heck, which we'll get to in a second. Can we flip his boys 
Dom and Nicholas from North Carolina to Syracuse? That's a question and a conversation that we definitely have to have. And the other big news that I would like to discuss today in detail before we get to everything else is Bayheim's Army roster has been announced. Yeah. And there's a new coach. And they're going to start out in Peoria this year. And it was only it was handed in only 50 minutes before the deadline. Can you prom- Better late than never. Can you promise that we're going to get to the Bayheim's Army information? Can you promise me that we're going to get to the Petromella information? Okay, good. Then let's talk about what we saw with John Wildhack's press conference. Uh, started out, um, he talked about how proud he was of the university handling COVID. He addressed Petromala, made that official announcement that he is the defensive coordinator. Legendary coach. This is just, add this to Gary Gate, and yeah. my goodness Green gracious. team. You get his sons here, too. You look at some of the others that are in this 2022 class for men's lacrosse. Oh, boy. Yeah, and, l- and let me tell you something. I mean, this is not to take away anything from, from John Desco and what he was able to do for the Syracuse lacrosse program over nearly the last half century. For sure. But... This is an exciting time for Syracuse Lacrosse. The direction that they're heading in, the people who are le- who's who are leading the program, you know, thing, things are really looking brighter in a very short amount of time for the Syracuse Lacrosse program. This is going to get you back to where you wanted to be. Think about this. You get him in here, you flip his sons, everything else works out. Gary and Dave have set this program on the course to start winning national championships again and perennially be in the final four, which is really what everybody wants. Obviously, this is a, an ongoing conversation that's going to be dominating for the next couple of days. Uh, so then Nico asked the first question of John Wildhack, uh, talking about the fair getting back to 100% capacity and how does that then affect the university, let's say getting full capacity for football in the fall. He addressed that. Uh, Donna jumped in with a question about women's lacrosse and then the name image likeness issue. Chris Carlson Chris Carlson did his homework today, asked a couple of great questions, and the Twitch chat agreed with us on that. He was talking about the drop in revenue, revenue, maybe not having the ACC tournament. Did that affect things? I think we knew the answers, but we wanted to hear Wild Hack say this, and of course it did. Uh, not having an NCAA tournament as well, that affects things too. Uh, and then, of course, how they managed uh, the, the budget cuts and how they're going to deal with their expenses moving forward. And, of course, Wild Hack did say, we did everything we could to protect the players. That was the most important part throughout this. In no way, shape, or form did they suffer in any way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they did a great job, um, you know, with their handling of this. And 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 one of the things that he mentioned too is that you know they're at nine. He said they're around ninety percent vaccination rate for their student athletes. They're really they've been ahead of the curve. I mean, remember, you know, when 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 all this first started, as we were heading into the fall, when all of the conversations first started about college sports through the pandemic, I mean, other ACC schools began to adopt some of the practices that Syracuse University had put into place because they were ahead of the curve, because they were a little bit stingier. Um, with some of the things that they did. So, you know, they were able to get a successful academic year, uh, you know, get through a successful academic year, all their sports being able to play. It it, it was a great job by them. They never put anything other than the safety safety of the team first. The roster was limited as a result. The season wasn't successful with one win. But, yeah, they led the charge. They really did. And not just within the ACC. I think that they were... 
Uh, Syracuse has been a model school in how they handled COVID and the pandemic nationwide. Absolutely. And, you know, you even saw it like with the basketball team that, you know, there were some decisions that were made that were not popular because you had a guy like Buddy Bayheim who was out for a period of time, um, you know, and, 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 you know, the stops and the starts because of potential contact tracing. You know, those are things that on the surface don't make you very happy as a fan because you want to see these guys play. Um, you know, the stops and the starts were difficult to, to go through with the Syracuse men's basketball program. But at the same time, like you nailed it on the head, Rain, safety came first. You survived it. Right. Absolutely. And really, what have we done? We've reset and we just move forward from here on out. As Wildhack said, we look to the future Uh, real quick. Let me give me 60 seconds. We got to get to a break. Axe jumped in at that point in time uh, talking about a five year look back. That's where he said, I'm looking ahead, Uh, talking about the football team. That's got to get better with the one win. Stephen Fonte jumped in, talked about the Bayheim succession plan. You got a very vague answer there. Chris Carlson back in with another question about women's basketball. Talking about the 11 transfers, that's kind of unprecedented. Yeah, that happened with other schools, but the number it jumped out at you Absolutely. at Syracuse, and they're trying to fix that problem. Mike Waters came in, asked another question about COVID protocols in the fall and expectations of getting full capacity. Uh, once again, uh, it, it's a ways away, so there was a vague answer there, but the plan is to get there. Infanti came back and addressed the Chase Scanlon issue, which I'm glad that he did. Axe talked about retiring women's jerseys. Um, Wildex said by the end of the year. So these are each one of these feels like a different conversation to have over the next couple of days. I don't know about you. And then Donna uh, wrapped things up uh, once again, talking about COVID and vaccines. And that's where he'd address and drop that 90% number yep. for, for student athletes being vaccinated, students in general, and then the staff. And, you know, we heard his answer there. So there, there it was. There's the basics of the John Wildhack press conference that will be discussed. I'm sure in greater detail. This is the sports show on ESPN radio. Uh, we do have to take a break and try to get this thing back in real line, so we'll do that quick. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Appreciate everybody out there uh, dealing with us as we get things back on track after the John Wildhack press conference sports Hill show on ESPN radio. Once again, Spencer Davidson, if is in studio, if uh, you're seeing a third body in our studio on Twitch at Q sports talk, uh, but we wanted to talk for a couple more minutes about the Wildhack press conference. You know, it's funny. Some of, some of the answers are to be expected. And there is also the legalities surrounding how far an answer to a particular question, depending on the question and the subject matter, how far that can go. But there are some times where you're like, hey, I want, I want, I want a little more. Yeah, I do. I, I yeah. definitely want a little more. That was a very general, very vague, very evasive, evasive, very cryptic answer. Coach speak. And, and I want to throw a little bit more. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Throw me a little bit more red meat. But if I asked you, Spencer, what's the thing... Uh, that you're questioning the most. What did you hear that made you go, hmm, I want to know a little bit more. What stood out to you while you were listening to John Wildeck? And I know we covered some of this a few minutes ago when we first came back from the presser, but go. Yeah, I, I think that the thing that really stood out to me is his his uh, comments on the women's basketball program, the transfer portal. Um, you know, I mean, he, he he stated flat out, you know, he's, he's had a, a, a talk with Coach Q. Um, he supports Coach Q, the values he brings. You know, I, I just I, I want to know more about why 
we had so many people leave this program. That's the thing. I understand that you support Coach Q, and I think the general consensus is, yes, we do. He's been a great coach, Mm -hmm. a great leader of the women's program. But at the same time, I hope he had some questions, concerns, or grievances of his own where he had some questions that he wanted answered. And obviously, I think Coach Q provided the correct or acceptable answers or what he was looking to hear back in return to then move forward get into the transfer portal and what was it seven players brought in there's three returning and and now we've built a team here right and we can move forward but man you lost a lot of talent you lost a lot you lost a lot of talent like your entire your entire starting five you lost a couple of the better players in women's college basketball in the country in, yeah I mean, in my humble opinion uh, that were young and still developing and imagine where they went if you kept them the second third fourth year Emily Engsler, for example, is one that Camilla comes Cardoso. To, is another one that comes to mind with South Carolina, I believe she yep. went out to. So, yeah, you've got to, yeah, the men's team's got to replace Quincy, sure, and they brought bodies in to hopefully do that as a collective, and I guess that's what the women's team is going to have to do also, yep. right? Yeah. There's no, I don't know if they brought back in some of the potential talent level that they lost. Definitely not. I mean, I... I you can't replace a Camilla Cardoso. Agreed. I mean, she is a generational talent. I mean, she burst onto the scene this year, was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you, you can't bring in a player to replace her, to replace the length that she brings to a women's basketball lineup. Um, you know, the, the, the clutch gene, uh, you know, her, her buzzer beater in the ACC tournament. Just you're, you're not going to be able to replace that. And, you know, I, I, I think that... Um, <sighs> There just needs to be, there needs to be an address. Uh, there needs to somebody needs to address the why, the why because Agreed. you don't lose this many players. Now, granted, some of them, you know, and and Wild Hack spoke about, you know, some of them had, you know, gotten their undergraduate degree at Syracuse. They had a year left of eligibility. They have the right to go somewhere else. But at the same time, I mean, if you love Syracuse and you love being there, why, why you wouldn't leaving? you want to use that that extra year at Syracuse? So there's got to be reasons why these people feel like they're going to get better opportunities elsewhere. And that's something that, you know, really you have to look in the mirror and you have to address. It can't just be, yeah, well, everybody has transfers leaving their program. Well, aren't we, uh, we're delivered answers and left with questions. More questions. And, and the other thing that really stuck out to me was the Chase Scanlon situation. And I know it's still going through the legal process, mm-hmm. but at some point, I, I almost want a little bit more transparency, transparency as as far as that situation because I think that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Yeah, I mean yeah, that that one I think has to be a more clear cut. Dis- like there needs to be more. Yeah, exactly. There distance. needs to be more distance put. You need to be able to um, put. Put him in the rear mirror in terms of the Syracuse lacrosse program because that's going to continue to cast a shadow. I mean, look, look what happened with the with the Duke lacrosse program. I mean, it took them years to bounce back from you that, know that from that situation. That years situation, ago. for yeah. sure. But like you were talking, Rain, the legalities is what throws a lot of the monkey wrench into this. How much can he say? Yeah, we're not sure. Right. Yeah. Facts. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to get Michael Lear on the phone. He has some picks for us. Don't forget, Brendan Burke and Jason Fitz are both on the way as we'll open up the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line here on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. 
It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsDog. Don't worry, Spencer. Soon enough, we'll have the uh, the voice of the station, the Jim Cutler, saying Spencer Davidson, and uh, make sure you're all part of that. What we call a rejoin in the business known as Sports Talk Radio. Sports Illa Show, Q Sports Talk is where to find us. Also, if you want to watch, that's twitch.tv. Uh, the chat's fired up. People are discussing John Wildhack in there. And now we have a Twitch poll. Who will be Michael Lear's pick to win the U.S. Open? John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, DeChambeau. Uh, Xander, and that's all of them, right? Yep. Another. Sh- yeah. Is it Shoffley? I-, I cannot pronounce his name. The same- He's another one of those that I struggle with. Michael Lear, welcome to the Accelerated yeah, Sports Shoffley, Complex yeah. phone line. Shoffley, right? Uh, Shoffley, I believe, yeah. Is he your pick? You're going to give us a pick. Uh, as far as my understanding, we've got an NBA and NHL, because we got a series back going on right now, an MLB pick, and then the U.S. Open. But you're going to pick a golfer for us, too. Am I right? Yes, you are. Um, Tommy Hogan will give me crap for the way that I uh, I gamble on golf, but I make money and a lot of people don't. So um, <laughs> it's, it's it's an interesting way to gamble on golf, but it's the way I make money on it. Listen, you're going to return with us on Friday, by the way. Uh, catch up on the John Wildhack press conference from today. He addressed a whole bunch of issues. And since you're an alum, uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about that, but we'll give you a chance to absorb all that information. Is that a deal? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I was, I was in a meeting all day, so I did not hear any of the pressure yet, but I'll, I'll check it all out for you. Yeah, we know you just got out of uh, your own meeting. We want to talk to you as well on Friday. I'm giving you homework about uh, everything happening with the men's lacrosse program. You know what a big deal that is, and of course, you're in a lot oh, yeah. there. Uh, but I am going to ask you one legitimate sports question before we get into any of your official picks as the professor or the chef as we like to call you, because uh, this is our odds maker segment. We want to talk about TBT. It's now officially been announced. It's year number seven. Malachi, uh, Tyler Lydon, Chris McCullough, Devo, of course, back on there. CJ Fair, Andrew White, Pascal Chuku, who I once threw an alley-oop to in a charity wheelchair basketball game. Ah, I remember that. I humble, nice. I was I was there for that. I humble brag about that every time yeah. I bring up his name. And then Tyrese Rice is the one uh, lone roster member that is not a Syracuse alum. He went to Boston College. That's how it's lined up right now. New coach, Jeremy Pope. Ryan Blackwell is still an associate coach, and they start in the Peoria region on July 24th, Michael. Uh, Do you love TBT as much as we do? It saved my sports last year during the pandemic, and it showed the path to making a bubble work to get through that so we could have some semblance of our sports back. It was awesome. Michael, we'd love to hear what you think. I love it. I love that tournament so much. Um, I actually went in 2017 as Otto the Orange. So I, uh, it was on Long Island. It was at LIU. And uh, I don't know if you guys know that or not. I was Otto for three years. Yeah, we did. Uh, what? But I, yeah, so I was Otto at TBT. And then even I was also working in minor league baseball. So we were playing the Brooklyn Cyclones that afternoon. So I went to Brooklyn, set up all my equipment, went back to LIU, did auto for the game. They won that game. But I was, like, in the locker room with the whole team, and we were all changing. I was getting in a mascot suit, and they're putting on basketball sneakers, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and then hightailed it out of there and went back to the baseball stadium, got in the elevator during the national anthem and called the baseball game right after being auto at TBT. So I love that tournament. It's so fun. It's so cool to see – 
guys who are more or less washed up, but like to us, they're still so awesome and they're still the stars that Syracuse has had forever. So it's, it's a great tournament. And, um, I know Kevin Belby, and, and, and he does an awesome job putting that team together, too. I'm just happy that it's returning to the way it was pre-pandemic with the full field and the regions and everything else. And I just I just so look forward to it. And I'm glad this back. I know we're going to be talking about this. You know what? This just means I got to re- reach out to Eric Devendorf. We got to get him on the Sports Hill show, uh, which we'll do soon enough. Michael Lear is with us. It's ESPN Radio. Spencer Davidson, Matt Page, and Rain in studio. Do you want to get a little bre- breakdown on the U.S. Open? How are you feeling about the U.S. Open? I think... And in, I think they screwed up. I, I don't know another way to put it. I agree. I'm trying to search for the right language, but I think they messed up without pairing the obvious Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. They are not doing that, and it's a mistake. You've got to embrace these rivalries. It'll just bring even more eyeballs onto the sport, onto the event itself. It's the U.S. Open. I mean, criminy, yeah. right? Yeah, but you know, I mean, golf is a very traditional sport. Who cares? And I don't think that the the powers that be in the sport of golf want to have those, you know, ruffled feathers kind of thing. I mean, so so that's why I think that was their it, mindset. The, behind so you it. don't want viewership. You don't want more viewership well, than you possibly I, would. You I want do. Money. I'm saying it's oh, no, no, money. I, I'm not meaning you. I just yeah. mean the them you. Well, the, I think look, it's it's like baseball. I mean, how many times does baseball do, un, you know, the things with the unwritten rules and everything? But that doesn't put fans in the seats. That doesn't no. bring ratings up. But they do it because they're traditionalists. I think it's much like that in golf. They, you know, the quote-unquote gentleman's game. You want eyeballs back on right. baseball, then they're banning foreign substances. Yeah. If they actually enforce this, offense is going to go up. Even Michael Kay was saying that earlier. I think everybody realizes that when you decrease the spin rate, offensive production is going to go up. It's better for the game. And, and these two hating each other and the cameras following them around is only going to make for a better U.S. Open. Without it's a doubt. just natural drama. Mm-hmm. I, and I think you're, you're giving up a potential millions in revenue by, by doing this. That's just my humble opinion. But what do I know? What do I know? Yeah. Talk me off the ledge. Am I wrong? No. I mean, I'm on the ledge with you there. <laughs> All right, Mike, Michael, sorry. I went off on a tangent. Give me your opinion and then give me your first pick, U.S. Open related. Well, I... I think that they know that that rivalry is going to exist and they just don't need, especially with Bryson asking the tour to do something about people calling him Brooksy and stuff. I think that <laughs> that rivalry is going to exist. So they don't need to necessarily encourage it directly. I think you'll see them just let that rivalry happen, which is good for the game. And it also lets them kind of stay out of it. It's so strong and so hot right now that I don't think um, anybody really needs to get involved to, to spark it more, at least from the, PGA side or, or from the USGA or anything like that. So my golf picks, which everyone always going to say they're boring, but I made a bunch of money on the masters two weeks ago with, uh, when I was on, um, orange nation talking to those guys and they, they all roasted me for not picking a winner, but instead picking a bunch of different bets to make money. Um, and my winner was like the only bet that I didn't hit on. So the, I have a bunch of golf bets and let's, I'll pick two for you guys. Um, so I like to bet people to finish top 10 and top 20. So the two bets that I'm definitely going to take this weekend, top 10, Tony, the Tony Finau, he finished in the top 10 in nine of his 13 majors. And he's great at Torrey Pines. His game matches up really well with Torrey Pines. So I'm going to take him to finish in the top 10 and then Patrick Cantley to finish in the top 20. I had Patrick Cantley in the masters and he's the only bet besides picking a winner which is just so hard to do. Uh, he's the only bet besides that that didn't hit because he was in the top 10 for a, a lot of the weekend and he was in the top 20 
all of Sunday until he went bogey, bogey, double bogey to end his round. I was literally just because they weren't showing him because they were obviously showing Phil. And I just watched him drop to like 23rd in the last couple minutes. So I'm going to go Patrick Cantley top 20 and Tony Finau top 10 um, officially on the Sports Hill Show. But you're not going to go with a winner at all. I thought you were going to choose Brooks Kepka, So did everybody else. Uh, for those, by the way, keeping track of the golf match that happened this morning, it ended up only being Mario Sacco and Mark Larson, who will join us tomorrow. So will Nico Tamurian. Axe also opted out. Apparently, uh, too many hot takes, and he couldn't perform oh, he today. He had a wild act presser to get to, apparently. Yeah, uh, I understand. Uh, Mark shot an 83. Mario shot a 91. And uh, we're going to try to match them up with a couple of the ladies. Uh, go ahead. So, uh, Michael, Josh, one of our producers out in Syracuse, He's running Twitch for us right now, and he loves the nickname Top Ten Tony. Top Ten Tony, yeah. yeah. That's all, I mean, that's also not original. People call him that all the time, uh, but I love it. And the stats back it up. He just he shows up when the when the lights are the brightest, and then he just doesn't win, which is okay. I mean, probably sucks for him, but I like it. How about the how about the female finisher? That's a good a nickname. one. Not bad, love right? You guys, but he doesn't finish. That's the issue. Yeah, fair, fair. Embrace your inner Rainzilla people with the <laughs> nicknames and stupid segment names. Thank you very much. Glue, what do you got? Uh, so what's your NBA pick for us there, Michael? All right. So this is an unknown, but I like it. Kevin Durant tonight, legacy game for him. This is the day that he gets to show that, yes, he's on a super team and he's been on a bunch of super teams. But how about tonight? showing up, getting a win for his team. I'm going Kevin Durant over 52.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So it kind of covers me where I'm not just hammering him on the point side in case James Harden does play and is relatively healthy, where even if he's the only option or, like, the main option, at least he can kick it out, get rebounds and helpers. So Kevin Durant, legacy bet, over 52.5 points, rebounds, and assists tonight. I feel like that's a pretty easy one there, Michael, considering he'll be the main scoring option as well as everything else for the team. He's just got to have like the game, the game of his yeah. career tonight. I, I mean, you don't have Kyrie. Harden's going to give it a go, uh, but the Bucks seem to get settled in when they went back and got some home cooking. Obviously, this game is back in Brooklyn. Man, I can't wait for this game tonight. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Michael Lear with us on the Sportsilla Show. It is ESPN Radio. Spencer? Uh, we've got an ongoing series NHL bet, so get them set up. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I want I want to know your opinion tonight. Game two between the Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa. Now, granted, New York you know, took game one. Uh, they played a near-perfect game uh, against this high-scoring Tampa team. But, look, we're, we're still at Amelie Arena. We're still in, in, in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, what do you see from that game tonight? Because, you know, I personally don't see uh, Tampa losing too straight at home. Yeah. Don't. I mean, they are they are just a wagon of a hockey team. They're so good. And we were talking about it in the office this morning. It, it's getting to the point where I think every game the Islanders have won this year, every day the conversation has been like, oh, look at that cute little team grinding and out. They're, with, they're missing <laughs> their captain. That's so cool. And then it's like, when are we actually going to say that they're a very good hockey team? Right. People are starting to say, but still, especially being a guy that parlayed the two favorites to win the series, I, I think Tampa's going to take this one. They might split when they go on the road, and then they'll just walk to the end of the series from there. Um, but, the, I mean, you got to give the Isles credit. Every time they win, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, congrats to this team that just grinded out a win and hung on by the skin of their teeth. But 
they're doing it. And at the end of the day, they're what seven wins away from a cup. Yep. So uh, I, I do like Tampa tonight though. The is, little engine that could the New York Islanders. Is that your official bet <laughs> for tonight for the NHL? What do we got? I got enough riding on it, right? With the, uh, with the parlay of the two series. And as we said, I'm, I just got to see one go in the hoop. So I'm going to wait till the Stanley Cup finals to give you many more NHL picks. So we're just rolling with status quo there. That sounds good. Last but not least, we're going to need an MLB pick for you, right? Is that the one that we left out? I think it yes, is. Yes, sir. Uh, so what do you got for everybody Indeed out there? it is. Uh, Red Sox and Braves. They're in Atlanta, and it's two high-powered offenses against two lefty pitchers. I'm taking the over nine total runs between the two. Um, so Eduardo Rodriguez is on for Boston. He's just been brutal since the start of May, and he's a big fastball and changeup pitcher. The Braves are good at hitting fastballs and great at hitting changeups, and the wind is blowing out of uh, 10 miles an hour to center field at Truist Park today. So it's two offenses that hit the fastball really well, and I think they're just going to create a lot, a lot of runs off that. So um, I'm going to go over nine runs in the Red Sox-Braves game. All right, well, we appreciate that, and we're glad that you followed up your Orange Nation golf pick with one for us today because the Twitch chat, Q Sports Talk, they, they were looking for you. They said you did a great job the other day. What's up, Matt? What's your uh, record heading into today with us, Michael? With you guys, I am 8-6-1, and one, and then I have one bet outstanding. Yep, the one that's that the NHL. Parlay. Okay, all right, that's not too bad. Um, at least you're not under 500. we, we got to... Grab a few more wins out of you, though, Michael. Come on. Let's go. I know. Yeah, tonight's, tonight's the night. We're back on track. I mean, think about it. Every, every, so far, every other time I've come on this show, I've posted a 3-0 and record. So by the end of tomorrow, I'll, if I have a 3-0 and record, I'll be back in great standing with you guys. I think that's outstanding. We'll catch up with you in a couple of days, and we'll uh, recap your record and, of course, your picks from earlier tonight, and we'll get a few fresh ones. Thanks so much for the time, Michael, uh, especially coming out of that meeting in a busy day. Yeah, no problem. Sounds good. All right, that's Michael Lear. We call him the professor. He calls himself the chef. Uh, that's been Odds Makers. It's ESPN Radio on the Sports Hill Show. We're going to come back. We'll be talking to Jason Fitz, one half of Spain and Fitz, and then about 3.30, the voice of the New York Islanders, and the PLL, Brendan Burke, will be on the phone. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Here's our take with Las Vegas Raiders fanboy, Fitzy, Jason Fitz. So how are we doing? We get Fitzy today. Any luck? Or leave me a message. Oh, no, we got voicemail. All right, no Jason There Fitz, it is. Uh, no half of Spain and Fitz. We can try him again in a minute or two. He was getting, uh, to update Spencer, we, we had to move him to Wednesday of last week. He got a tattoo for his dog who crossed the Rainbow Bridge. And it was pretty awesome. He sent us a, a picture of it. He's, he's got his ink. He was doing his thing, kind of decompressing a little bit. And uh, uh, we didn't get him today. So yeah. what were you going to ask him? No, I mean, well, I was going to, I mean, I think one of the things that we were going to ask him was about Le'Veon Bell's uh, question or uh, comments about Andy Reid. I kind of wanted to get his take on that. Obviously, you have Andy Reid, who's a pretty universally liked and respected guy around the NFL. And then you have Le'Veon Bell, who's obviously a very high profile player, um, (laughs) you know, basically saying he would never play for him. That was just, to me, that kind of came out of left field. And that was pretty interesting. What do you, what do you say, Matt? With you being a Jets fan, how do you feel about Lev Bell? I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I'm more upset with the with the Jets for you know his his poor usage. Um, basically, the Jets drove him out of town. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't you know he wasn't you know trashing the team. He wasn't looking to leave publicly. You know, they they kind of saw him out the door. So um, I have no ill will towards Le'Veon Bell. I'm I'm more upset with the Jets organization for failing him. But do you feel like he's been a diva ever since he came in, into the league? Yeah, he he has been. But I think. 
I, I think his persona changed a little bit with the Jets because after he sat out that year in, in Pittsburgh, I think it humbled him just a little bit yep. for, a, for a while. So he was saying all the right things, doing all the right things for the Jets, but the Jets were, just weren't doing the right things for him. Do you think that he thought he was going to go to Kansas City and be like the featured back? Yes, yes he did. I think he thought that, yeah. Does he have delusions of grandeur? Yeah. That was never going to be what he was there. No, but you know, look, look part of part of the what makes these guys so good is that cockiness. Now, I think it gets in the way a lot of the time, but but it's the ego you, that makes them better. Yeah, but I don't think you can you can go to a team and and make that much of a difference if you don't believe that that's what you're you know that's what you're capable of doing. So, um, you know, I, I did I, I do I think he went in there thinking he was going to take over, and it you know that obviously didn't happen, and so he's left a little salty. But um, you know, look, he's going to find another landing spot somewhere. But the comments, I would rather retire than play for Andy Reid again. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that publicly. I mean, you you can't because that doesn't that doesn't you know reflect well on you. That you just you, you got to be better than that. Did it's, you did it's you guys? One, it's one thing if he's on a team already, but he's not. Right, he's still looking for a team. Right, so. You making that statement, I'd rather retire. Well, looks like you're going to have to retire. (laughs) Did you hear what Andy Reid said, though, in response? I did not actually hear that. I'll quote him. He said, according to his stats and effort, Le'Veon has been retired since 2017. Okay, I made that up. He didn't actually say that. That would have been fantastic, Uh, though. Very un-Andy Reid-like, so I don't know if I would have believed that. That was one of those NFL memes, but but I wish it was... Real life. That would have been fantastic. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has managed to have the most embarrassing fall off I've ever seen. He held out, made less money with the worst team, blamed his downfall on a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, just an error in judgment for Le'Veon Bell and trashing Andy Reid, who is beloved within the sport. It is the Sports Illustrated Show ESPN Radio. We tried to get Jason Fitz. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back in here again next Tuesday. Spencer, uh, okay, so the sticky stuff yeah. in Major League Baseball. It, it's now announced they're going to do the 10-day ban. But with pay. Right. Uh, where's the incentive of that? So basically, I get a 10-day vacation. If you're a pitcher, you miss two starts, let's say. Right. Or maybe you throw every third day on the average if you're a reliever. Yeah. Obviously, there's exceptions to that. So you miss maybe three appearances. Right. And well, and that's what that we were talking about that off the air is, is you know, I, I think what they really need to do in baseball is make a more position-specific uh, punishment for things. So because, if it's a closer yeah, as opposed it, to yeah. a starter, if it's if it's a reliever, you know, ten, ten days is ten is potentially you know six, seven, eight games for a reliever, whereas for a starter, ten days is two games. Two games. So you know, I, I, again, I think that in this situation, relievers come out m- much worse, and so they have a much higher, um, you know, uh, like they 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 have a much higher incentive not to use this this sticky stuff than the the starters do. Well, but if you're being paid, that's 10 days of rest. Right. It gets it true, but you know, it I it all depends on the ma- the mental makeup of the specific athlete because some guys would be fine with sitting out a couple of games getting paid to do nothing. Some guys they want to compete. Wouldn't be. Garrett Cole would not be okay with that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that would yeah, it's a, it's a mindset thing. Some guys won't mind it, other guys uh, it's going to bother them. Uh, uh, really bother them. Uh, but they have basically stated we're rolling this out slowly because any and all pitchers that may have been using these substances that are about to be, well, they've been banned, but they're going to enforce it. They're basically saying we want to give you a chance to stop because we don't actually want to enforce this punishment on anybody. I still think paying them 
isn't really a punishment when it's all said and done. They're still going to get their money. But I want to bring in Jeff Passan uh, with, with the Wild Hack press conference, uh, of course, airing that and then listening to that. Hold on. Did I... Uh, ap- Jump the gun. Did I leave? Uh, False start. Oh, on the ball Twitch. guy. I've, nope. I've got Twitch uh, <laughs> up and running there. That's my bad. That's operator error. But with with this whole situation, they're ultimately they don't want to they don't want to give out this punishment. They don't want to take pictures off the mound, and they're not going to take their money. So hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But needless to say, as a result, Major League Baseball is doing this. This is Jeff Passan. Major League Baseball is looking into a universal substance for players to use. What they're trying to find is something that does not uh, enhance performance significantly, but does give them the grip that they need to feel comfortable going out there and pitching the way that they have uh, become accustomed to pitching. So you can use a foreign substance and cheat as long as we approve of it, and it's one substance universal just kind of like stickum or pine tar is allowed for the for hitters. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. I, I'm okay with that though because you know one of the things that I brought up last week is I just want some consistency. So if there's one universal substance that's allowed, which I mean, <laughs> right now they have that in rosin, but if there's one substance you know in this in that they'll allow, at least it's consistent across the board. You know, at, at least the pitchers can choose whether or not they want to use it. Um, and there won't be any penalties for it. So I'm okay with that, as long as there's some consistency. Yeah, and as I was about to say, with us covering the John Wildhack press conference and then our resulting conversation about that, we're not going to give you an official sound check segment. So that's why I wanted to share the Jeff Passan, but I wanted to bring in another piece of audio from him in relation to the same thing. You might be wondering, well, how are they going to police this? Isn't it going to slow the games down a little bit more? And there are times you're like, yeah, come on, pick up the pace. Because they enforce that for a few minutes. It doesn't feel like they're doing that anymore. Guys are stepping out of the box all the time. Pitch clocks on pitchers and everything else. So they're going to try to do it like DUI checkpoints, uh, beginning and end of innings during commercial breaks and in situations like that. Here's Jeff Passan. Starting a week from yesterday, Major League Baseball players who are caught with foreign substances are going to be suspended for 10 days with pay. Uh, The rules are going to be distributed sometime today is the expectation, but Major League Baseball teams, players, everybody around the league has been awaiting this, knowing that it's going to happen. And I I think the most frustrating part to players is that the league is not going to be differentiating between industrial adhesives like spider tack and sort of lo-fi substances like mixing sunscreen and rosin together, which players have been doing for a long time or using pine tar. They are treating everything uh, as if it's the same, uh, there are no misdemeanors or felonies. Uh, everything in this case is a felony, and players don't like that very much. Any closing thoughts? Because we got to take a quick break. We're up against one, so we can talk to Brendan Burke next. I don't know. I just think that this, it, it, it's for me, it's a little too much. Uh, much ado about nothing. I mean, again, this has been a part of the game for years. Um, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a problem that MLB wants to enforce. I, I just think it's unnecessary. I, I, I get why they feel like it's necessary, but I just think it's unnecessary. I don't think, you know, it's that big of a deal. They will not enforce it in the playoffs. Right. And, well, and that's the thing is no consistency. They're not going to have consistency on this. They will not. I guarantee it. No. It will just go away just like they officiate NBA playoff games. Any and all playoff games different than the regular season 
pick the sport, it's the same. Go ahead. Are they doing this because of offense of offensive product, productivity being down at all time lows? Uh, absolutely. Is that the reason why this is happening? It's, because otherwise, they haven't touched it. I think it's one hundred percent a response to the fact that offense is at historically low levels mm-hmm. within Major League Baseball. They screwed up when they changed the baseball, which, by the way, they own Rawlings, the company that manufactures the baseball since 2018. Interesting. So they're trying to fix that problem. Uh, They screwed up. The production of the baseballs has been an issue this year. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit slicker. So maybe you're seeing the use of it ramp up even more. Right. Uh, Pitching is dominating like it hasn't done in decades. Let's stop there. It's the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Let's bring in Brendan Burke next, voice of the New York Islanders and the PLL. And he's going to be one of NBC's Olympic voices this year uh, when the Olympics happen in Tokyo. That's all coming up next. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. Yes, sports fan. And twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Brendan Burke is somebody that whenever I have him on the SportsZilla Show, I like to say bringing Berkey back. As you know, he was at one point a voice of the Utica Comets, but of course now uh, play-by-play for the Islanders on MSG, does his work on NBC Sports Network, uh, of course, play-by-play for the PLL, and you'll be calling the Olympics this year. Uh, you, you're doing so much, Brendan. I can't keep up. So please, a humble brag for yourself. Run us through all of your play-by-play and broadcasting responsibilities. I, th- I think you got them all. I mean, I, I, I'm doing uh, I'm doing the Olympics, which is a really cool experience. I'm excited for that. It'll be like most of it. It'll be from Stanford, Connecticut, which is where NBC Studios are. Just uh, I'm not sure under different circumstances if I would have been able to go to the Olympics, but I won't be going this year. So. Uh, I will be taking care of rowing and flatwater canoeing nice. um, from Tokyo via Stanford, Connecticut. So looking forward to that. And then uh, pretty much every weekend all summer long, I'll be doing lacrosse on TV, which is uh, a whole lot of fun. Something I didn't have a whole lot of experience doing until a few years ago. And now it's uh, one of my favorite things to do. You, you know, it's it's really weird. I, I was just wondering, did you pick those two sports for the Olympics? Or are you just grateful to do anything? I already know the answer, but I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely didn't pick those two. I'm not, I'm not that I'm against them. Uh, I, you know, there are some. I was just actually in a meeting yesterday via Zoom with a bunch of other broadcasters, and we had an NBC meeting for the Olympics, and they were talking about sport climbing and fencing and taekwondo, and I'm like, man, there are a lot of weird sports that you could wind up doing. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just thankful that the sports that I'm doing are the first boat crossing the finish line wins and not something where you need somebody as an expert to tell you who wins or not. Uh, I, I can figure out who wins or not based on who crosses the finish line first. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I think that Brendan should have replaced Doc Emmerich for water polo. That's what I think. He, that's what I think they should have had him do. <laughs> I think he should uh, have replaced Doc Emmerich and call the Stanley cup finals. I mean, yeah, but I am extremely biased in this situation. <laughs> Uh, that's just me. Brendan, let's go through uh, the semifinals here real quick. I'm going to start with Montreal and Vegas. A game's called by uh, John Forslund, Micheletti, and Pierre Maguire. Uh, you're kind of third on the depth chart with NBC, so uh, John and Kenny get the remaining play-by-play assignments as far as if I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah, no, I, I wound up doing uh, – I did I – did. <laughs> The first round was some of the craziest times of my life. I, I did 10 games in 10 nights to start the first round um, between my two jobs, and I wound up doing 12 games in 13 nights. I did at least one game in five of the eight series. Uh, I traveled to four different places. 
uh, it was it was quite a quite a couple of weeks here from the start of the playoffs, and then I wound up getting um, the entire second round series for Tampa and Carolina, and then uh, once that ended, it, it it seems to be the end of the line for me um, this season. So uh, I'll be on my couch tonight watching uh, watching the Islanders and and, uh, and Lightning, and uh, I will be enjoying it. So uh, I, I I'll be honest with you guys, uh, I I fell asleep after the second period last night. It had been a long week. I had just done lacrosse. Uh, I, I kind of had a feeling where that game was going. And so uh, it was confirmed when I checked my phone this morning. But, yeah, I, I didn't make it to the third period last night. Uh, game one to the island, did Mary make you yell that in the house by any chance or anything like that? Or <laughs> so, just... so I, w- I was on the air doing lacrosse, and she just texted me relentlessly. So um, <laughs> I, was actually in Atlanta, I was actually in Atlanta doing lacrosse at the same time that game was going on. So um, but I heard from her. We're talking to Brendan Burke here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. I want to get to a quick breakdown of the Islanders and Tampa Bay because that's obviously your main gig. Uh, but give us, for the casual hockey fan, a quick, uh, not a preview, but just explain what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens and Vegas Golden Knights. There's a vested interest in Central New York with Alex Tuck, of course, on the Golden Knights. Yeah, no, I mean, Vegas is, uh, you know they're good because they beat Colorado to get there. I, I think the, the consensus was that Colorado was, you know, the the favorite coming into the season, and they did nothing to dissuade you from that fact uh, during the regular season. And then they made quick work of the St. Louis Blues in the first round, and you're going, all right, well, Vegas, it took them to get uh, seven games to get through Minnesota. So uh, Vegas is good, and, and Marc-Andre Floyd is playing out of his mind. I thought he was sensational in, like, the first 10 minutes of that game last night. It could have been a very different game uh, for Vegas. So they're good. Uh, they're legit. Montreal's the, the wild card here, right? They, the Montreal was the worst team, and I, and I say that just meaning the number of points they accrued during the regular season. Uh, they were the worst team to make the playoffs this year out of the, out of the 16 teams that qualified for the first round. And they were down 3-1 in their series to the top-seeded Toronto Maple Leafs and found a way to claw back, and then they swept Winnipeg. So they'd won seven games in a row coming into last night. So on, on paper... Uh, they're not the scariest team, but they've got Carey Price, one of the best goalies in the world, and that certainly uh, can stabilize a team when they make a few mistakes. And uh, they will need everybody at 100% here uh, to beat Vegas, as they uh, they showed last night. So it's a really compelling storyline um, with Montreal coming in, and it's a matter of, uh, I guess, if Cinderella still has the shoe on, because it would be a remarkable run uh, to get through Vegas and get all the way to the Stanley Cup. Brendan, let's go to your uh, bread and butter now. Islanders, Lightning, Game 2 tonight. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Islanders put on, you know, a perfect showing uh, in Game 1, uh, taking care of business, holding Tampa Bay, um, a potent offense, uh, you know, largely off the board. But, um, you know, how are you feeling about things? Um, also, you know, how important do you think tonight's game is, you know, as the series gets ready to shift back to the island? Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, it's crucial for Tampa um, just because you, you can't lose both home games to start a series, right? I mean, right. the Islanders came in and they steal game one. So uh, the Islanders did their job. I, I know they're not going to be happy if they lose tonight, but they came in and got one of the two on the road in, in Tampa against a very, very good Tampa Bay Lightning team. Uh, so they're coming home at, at worst 1-1 with the next two games at the Coliseum, which is where they, they love to be. So um, it's a crucial game for Tampa. I think it's a crucial game for Tampa uh, just because they, they didn't play all that well in game one, and, and they've been very vocal about the fact that they have more to give and that they made a lot of mistakes and they weren't, I guess, engaged enough mentally is what uh, some of the comments coming from John Cooper were this morning and, and yesterday, uh, you know, in the day between. So um, they need to look like the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. The thing is, and I did the Tampa Bay Carolina series um, in that last round, uh, they're living and dying by the power play right now. 
um, five on five offensively. They they haven't been the juggernaut that I think we all expected them to be, and they certainly haven't been the juggernaut that, that they proved they could be during the regular season. Yes, they are racking up power play goals, but you look at the Carolina series and go on. Uh, they won the first two games two to one. Uh, they won the last game of that series two to nothing. So three of the four wins, uh, they scored two to, two goals total. Uh, game four was the outlier when it was a six four final score. But still, um, there are teams that can keep Tampa Bay's offense five on five in check. Carolina was one of them. I think the Islanders might be another. Uh, so if they can keep the Islanders can keep Tampa to two goals or less uh, and stay out of the penalty box, they've got a really good shot in this series. We are, of course, talking to Brendan Burke, the voice of the New York Saints, also known as the New York Islanders, of course. And, uh, Brendan, you know, one of the comments throughout the the season, and especially here in the playoffs that people have been making, is, you know, the Islanders play a boring style of hockey. They play, you know, kind of a shutdown style. You know, I just wanted to get your opinions on, you know, watching this team all throughout the year and kind of comment on, you know, people who feel like the New York Islanders are a boring team to, to, to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it just depends on your perspective. If, if you're a fan of a team that doesn't play defense and, and, and likes to score a bunch of goals and win games 6-5, to five, yeah, you might find the Islanders boring. Um, if you're a fan of good old-fashioned hockey, probably not. I mean, the Islanders, one of their signature traits is that uh, they will grind teams down, and they are opportunistic, which means uh, they don't necessarily um, – they, they, they don't necessarily – uh, come out and, and score five goals. But what they will do is they'll sit back, they'll they'll chip and chase, they'll wear people down, and then when you turn the puck over, boom, it's in the back of your net. So it, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic with this team. And so, yeah, sometimes it gets a little boring because they can't suck the air out of most buildings and try and suck the air out of most teams. And then when they get on the lead, when they, they get in the lead, they, they can sit on it and, and kind of wear you down and just forecheck the hell out of you. So, um they get good goaltending. They, they certainly have a market on, you know, some of the details of hockey. Um, but if, if you're coming in looking for a 6-5 score, you're not going to get it most nights with the Islanders. You know what the fantastic thing about the New York Islanders is, though? Uh, you got playoff hockey in the Nassau Coliseum, mm, which yeah. is still really kind of cool. Uh, kind of a funny tweet. I wanted to share this. The options for the Stanley Cup as it stands right now as we're in the semifinals, the defending champions who circumvented the salary cap, an annoying four-year-old franchise, the most boring team in hockey, and then there's the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Brennan Burke here on ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show. We want to bring you back to your lacrosse play-by-play in your weekend gig, and it involves a football player, Matt. Yeah, 32-year-old Chris Hogan, formerly of the Patriots and a few other teams. Uh, he's debuted with the PLL over the weekend, former NFLer, a Super Bowl champion, made his debut for the Boston Cannons, or what used to be called the Boston Cannons. Brendan, how great is that to get more extra eyes on the sport because of former NFLers like that? No, it's it's fantastic, and I, I think, you know, it, it's, it, it's that's the reason people are tuning in to check out lacrosse. I, I think that's that's outstanding, and, and, and he's an athlete, right? And I think that's that's what football players are for the most part, right? There's no other sport in the world where you'll draft a guy and then change his position, um, you know, because you draft athletes. And so that that's just kind of the way things are. Um, but, but again, Chris Hogan is not some NFL who just decided to try out lacrosse. Chris Hogan played four years on lacrosse at Penn State in college Correct. and then decided he wanted to try football. So he spent one year at Monmouth and then made it to the Patriots as an undrafted free agent. 
So this is a lacrosse player that spent the last decade winning Super Bowls and playing in the NFL that has come back to play lacrosse again. So um, it, it, it's not. It, I don't want to. I don't want to give off the impression that uh, you know lacrosse is a joke and anybody can just pick it up and, and join the, the top league in the world because that's not the case here. So uh, Chris Hogan was good. They've kind of modified him into a defensive role. So he's just out there chasing guys around and and, and doing his thing. And um, it was good to see him on the field and, and as part of the Cannons. They had a good weekend in the PLL. I have to ask, are you going to be making a cameo with the Islanders and the Lightning series ahead of us? Will we hear from the official voice <laughs> of the New York Islanders joining Kenny, Eddie, and Brian in the booth? I, I don't know that, but I do know my coordinating producer for MSG is calling me right now while I'm on the phone with you guys, so I'm, I might have to make a cameo tonight on our pregame show coverage if that's what he's calling me about. <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to let you go address that and deal with that. We'll let you off the phone. Hey, work calls, uh, but thank you for the time, Brendan. Every time we reach out, you always say yes, and we greatly appreciate it, okay? Awesome, guys. Thank you. Yep, the one and only Brendan Berg, uh, the voice of the Islanders, the PLL, and a portion of your Olympics. That's what you call a nice get on sports gonna, talk. I'll tell radio. you what, I'm going to be watching rolling. Yeah, I, I will just to hear him. Call, is, is that a fact? I will watch everything that he does. Uh, not only a great broadcaster, uh, but a friend. To be uh, honest, that's why I tuned into the PLL over the weekend. It's why I watch a lot of Islanders games, believe it or not, even though I'm a Rangers fan. It is ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show. Why don't we pause right here? We'll come back with the last thing that we'll say today. Eh, a couple more thoughts on the Wild Act Presser. What do you think? Next. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Tomorrow is going to be ridiculous on the Sportzilla Show. I'm just looking ahead at our guest schedule. Uh, Damon Amendolara will join us right at 2. Mario Sacco is going to be on with us. Nico and Mark Larson. Uh, we've got to get to the bottom of the Sportzilla Open Golf match today. It was an 83 for Mark Larson. Mario Sacco shot a 91. They were at Green Lakes. Um, Nico had to bow out because he's waiting for his child to arrive, according to Mario. Uh, and then I, I guess Axe just kind of couldn't do it. That's because, that's right, he was at the press conference for John mm -hmm. Wildhack, which was earlier today. Uh, before we make way for Brent and get you on the block, which I'm sure you hear a lot more about this from him, uh, we, we've we already discussed this at length uh, when we first joined it today. But, Spencer, you had one more thing that was kind of lingering for you, a takeaway from it. Real quick, uh, we got a couple minutes left. What was it? Yeah, it was the fact that Wildhack was asked about, you know, with, with Coach K retiring, with well, retiring um, – and uh, after Roy this Williams year, Roy Williams well. last year, um, the, the the fact that okay, well now is, is it time to start thinking about Jim Beheim's successor? And you know he, he he threw in some names there about you know the fact that you know you have Jerry McNamara, you have Adrian Autry on the sidelines with Syracuse right now. He said both are very capable of being head coaches. Now, granted, he didn't tip his hand at all. He just he made a statement like that. He didn't necessarily say these guys are in the running, but I just thought it was interesting um, that he did bring some names up and the fact that, you know, there there is a time where you have to focus on the fact that Jim Beheim won't be doing this forever. It's pretty funny. Uh, we were discussing that during the commercial break on radio, and you have fired up everybody at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. They're going back and forth about Red or Jerry or you know, somebody saying you might need a bigger name than that. Not necessarily. Look at what Duke just did. Look at what North Carolina did. So this is very interesting. Here's the thing. Peeps, 
whether you like it or not. Jim's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, this sir. is a very premature conversation, and I laugh at the fact that we still have this regularly, but we do. Are we good? We're good. We got to get out of here. We got to get you on the block with Brent Axe. We'll see you tomorrow. Actually, Matt and I will be back at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Radio with the Yankees on deck, and we'll leave it there.